Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. This episode will meet you where you are with picky eaters, but there are some audio glitches. So when you're listening, it's not your earbuds. And I apologize in advance. I am so excited today to welcome Sarah Appleman. She wrote the book, Play With Your Food. And Sarah is an occupational therapist. Is that right, Sarah? Yes. Okay. I love your book. It is fun and clever and we're doing this theme for March, this March Madness theme of things that drive moms crazy. And definitely picky eating and food issues, especially at the end of the day, drive moms crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely the hot topic that I've always been asked when I'm working with kids. It's So, Sarah, let's learn a little bit about you. You're a mom, right? Yes two kids. My son will be 17 and my daughter just turned 14. And your kids inspired you a little bit for this book, right? Yeah. My son from the beginning was a handful. So I had, you know, the in labor for like almost two days, it was forever. And then he ended up with like decelerating a lot and had to be an emergency C-section. And then, you know, everything you study, everything you work for, everything that's typical, all the beautiful Hollywood movies, it's out the door. And it's like, okay, his safety is now concerned. I'm like, just do it, do the C-section, you know, and let's go. And so, um, you know, and then he had physical uh weakness and he had visual he was you know had to be patched and he has thick thick glasses and so he had depth perception he just had everything (laughs) and one of the things was huge like tactile concern where he gagged and he did not want to touch or eat food and we had a you know they always say like you know put your work hat back on when you go home Mm -hmm. and had to combine being (laughs) my therapist with a mom you know and um and it worked and he did great and i just put that back and gave shared it with my clients over the past 22 years of working and then i just you know and people were just approaching me and asking like oh you should write a book you should write a book and you know working and balancing home and kids and there's a lot on your plate (laughs) every person out there today whether you're a stay-at-home mom a working mom a part-time full-time everybody has to multitask and it's it's difficult but when you're you know really enthusiastic and excited about something it definitely helps (laughs) absolutely I am so glad you wrote this book because I think there's a lot of myths out there about how to help a picky eater. Like when I was reading your book, the first thing that comes to mind always is, oh, like, you know, I was a picky eater when I was a kid or my brother was a picky eater. Is picky eating genetic? That's a really good question, actually. Um, They haven't. They haven't been able to, to, you know, scientifically prove whether it is or isn't uh, genetic. But the rationale as to why I found some of the children to be picky eaters 
parents, just like you said, would be like, oh, well, I didn't like, you know, example I usually give is like after soccer practice, touching the oranges. Yeah. And parents are like, oh, my God, I didn't want to touch the oranges when I didn't want to get sticky. And then I'm like, but that's your kid, you know. So there is some genetic, uh-huh. um, you know, predisposition, I think. And it's also how you handle it. So, like, I've had parents that don't mind getting sick or don't mind getting dirty, but then I have parents who are like, almost to the point of OCD where they have to wipe everything and wipe. And I'm like, but that behavior is being taught to that child that messy is bad. Yeah. It's being picked up in the environment, even if you're not saying it. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, and then the parents getting frustrated with the child being dirty. So then I'm like, you have to have that healthy balance of working, playing, having fun, getting messy, and then being clean. So that is that is definite. Uh, I, I do see a correlation with uh, either it's a parent or a sibling and then the picky eating child. So I'm curious in the future if they could have like a genetic, you know. Yeah. Uh, or I wonder if it really just all comes down to like if it's really just a sensory thing and we're just right. becoming so aware of all of that knowledge right now. It's still so new. I think it feels new still that that sensory needs are like a real thing and sensory aversions. Where would you start if you have a kid that like you serve a meal, right? So should we be mm-hmm. serving separate meals, the same meals? I Let's mean, start with some parent, basics. That's like, that's like the worst. <laughs> They're like, I don't have time to make a meal and I'm, I'm coming home and I'm making a meal. Now you want me to make another separate meal. That's like, people will burn my book. That I, like, I <laughs> exactly. can't, can't be saying that. So what and look in an idealistic situation when you have time and this is what i tell parents all the time i'm like try to have something that you know that they're going to eat on that same thing before introducing something they're not going to eat so if your child loves carrots or apples or whatever it is you know try to positively associate that into your side dish or into do you know what i mean so yep. it's like it's nothing so terrifying and scary. The most important thing is, and this is what I tell parents, is getting them in when they're young. Okay. Okay. So from when a child is really young, it could be one and a half. It doesn't even matter. Pouring, mixing, stirring, um, watching you in the kitchen, smiling and getting messy and letting them understand that um, is going to help them because it opens up their their scent of smell, scent, their texture sense, um, taste. It's all connected. Hearing even the noises. Yeah. The, you know, so, so getting them in the kitchen as early, and we have seen such a positive um, increase in their attitudes, behaviors, and food intake just by having them have some control of being in the kitchen, helping to pick out a recipe, uh, serving it. And watching others eat because that's the other big thing is positive role modeling if you don't have people <laughs> eating it the same thing they're like no you have to eat that but i'm not going to eat it like no they're not going to eat it you know right so dinner time is really your time to smile and engage and have fun with it and get them to uh see you eating it and after some of that time. And I, t- I just had this conversation with other parents because I was like, someone was like, oh yeah, when I was younger, I didn't like eating mushrooms. That was me. Like, well, That's totally me. That, that is my story. <laughs> it's so fun. I literally was just having this conversation with uh, moms the other day. 
And I was like, okay, so what happened? What changed? And she like couldn't pinpoint the moment that mushrooms were then okay. And I said, well, let me give you an example. You're watching TV commercial. You're watching people eat. And subconsciously, visually, you're seeing people eat mushrooms, all the restaurants, yep. you know, uh, in magazines. Exactly. So your brain has become so desensitized that it's not a threat and you don't have to fight or, you know, do that fight or flight. It's just, oh, okay. And then maybe you try a recipe and you're like, oh my God, that's really not bad. I like it. And then it becomes okay. And that's that same approach for kids. We want them to see it smell it, be desensitized, draw it, talk about it, play games with it, that it's just like no big deal the more that they see it. So it's a lot of desensitization. That sounds simple, but hard at the same time. <laughs> it's it's really, I promise you, it's really not. Like I, I've had, like I said, I have my son who didn't want to get dirty. And the first thing I'm like, oh, you want cookies? Well, you have to help mommy mix them. And I didn't let him get too dirty. Right. He had a first pour. And when the flour got on his hand, and I knew that was something he hated, that texture, I had a wet you know, towel ready, warm, and I gave a nice deep massage pulling at mm -hmm. each finger like you get at a manicure. It's very soothing. So he's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to be stuck doing this for five hours and the panic mode goes on. It's, oh, I don't like that. Wipe my hands and then try it again. So he felt safe yes. because a lot of times these kids don't know uh, duration, which is why I say sing to them. Um, because they know when they're done, it's that process right. is over and have that, that tune. So like I'll teach kids how to tolerate movement or food or anything. And I'll be like, I literally can make up any words. So I'll be like, <laughs> this is the way we mix the dough, mix the dough, mix the dough. And then like next, you know, and now we're all done. Yeah, you did it. And like, they're so distracted by yep. the singing. And then they have that internal clock of this way, no, 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 no. Right, and their brain knows soothing. the song enough to yeah. know that it's going to end. And and I've had kids that like, oh my god, my kid has never done X Y Z for that long. I'm like, you've got to just sing to them, and um, and it does help. So if a mom wants to help with this and like introduce things and have their kids play in the kitchen. Right. What's like the easiest thing that if you're like a mom that's panicking, like, I just want to sit through a dinner and now we have to make the dinner together, I guess, in order to sit through it. So, so that's, what's something that's, simple they can start with? Okay, so first thing is first. Like I said before, what is your kid's favorite meal? So start it really simple, okay? So let's just take, let's take your kiddo. Like, what, what, what's a meal? Um... They love, uh, they don't love red sauce, but they love meatball and pasta, right? Okay, so they'll eat just the meatball, but not the sauce. Right, yep. Okay, perfect. So right here and there, I will come up with activities, okay? So number one, having them make the sauce. So I make a very simple, simple sauce, right? Where it's like saute an onion, put tomato sauce, tomato paste, and then you could just use, you don't have to use fresh. Obviously, fresh is is ideal, like fresh parsley. Fresh. Always, But let's yeah. just say the tolerance is like, let's be real. Like, not everyone has a garden. <laughs> That's one of the tricks I've flour. learned as a mom, right? If I can yeah. have everyone be able to adjust their own spices at the table, then usually we can serve the same sort of food. 
Exactly. And then, so I have them, and I have, like, this handheld blender thing that's super cute. Oh, nice. You just, like, put it in, and then the kids are like, oh, my God, this is super cool. And they watch all of it uh, get mushed together, and it changes color a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, taste it. Uh, What do you think we need? Now, they don't realize it, but they're dipping their tiny pinky, tasting. (laughs) You got it in their mouth. It doesn't matter. Then what I would do is, like, again, play with your food, right? So I would have, um, with the spaghetti, you could say, oh, you know what? If you dip it in the red sauce, it'll help. And watch, we're going to have a game. Who could pull the spaghetti up in their face faster? But it's harder when it's dry. So let's. I'm going to dip just a little bit to make it, again, it's a game. It's not focusing that they're eating the sauce. It's going to assist them in Okay, great. That's two. Three. You can make a face with the eyeballs. Oh, my goodness. We're going to make hair. And, oh, let's change your hair. I want mine to have red hair. Can you put sauce on mommy's <laughs> red hair? You see what I'm saying? So yes. It's like, you're going to eat it, but just those are three things right away. I grew up at our table was a very happy place because you get to have delicious foods and you get to have choices and you get to have um, you know, the talk about the day, things come out when you're sitting at the table that you may miss about your child. Like they're relaxed, they're eating, they're happy. And then suddenly something spills out of their mouth that you were like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. It's and a magical it, moment to have connection yeah. over. Community I is mean, built at a table. Absolutely. I mean, and that's why I always say like, put your cell phones away because at our table, we look at each other in the eye, we have a conversation, we, you know, and and it could be anything, movies or or news or... Right. It changes as the kids grow, right? Absolutely. And so that's, that's, if you're going to be anxious because you know, your kid's going to fight and cry. And then you as a parent are having that, that frustrating point of providing them with a nutritious meal that they can't eat then you feel less as a mom and it's or you know or dad and it's very hard to accept that because you want to be able to provide for your kid yeah so it, that's it, why it induces a lot of shame that you can't yeah. get your kid to eat but know that you're not alone there are millions of people that are doing the exact same you know, hair pulling, fighting at dinner time, or going out to the restaurant and packing every toy and everything. <laughs> and kids are still melting down. And, you know, there's everybody is dealing with whether it's your son, daughter, niece, nephew, best friends, kids who are picky eaters. Right. You know, it feels hard to you, but it's not unique. Right. Exactly. There's a whole community of parents out there. <laughs> so when you have a guest over to your house because I'm sure you've had guests come over to your house that are picky eaters and the meal's ready. So what do you do if you go to someone's house with your kid that's a picky eater and you're not in control of what's being served? That's an actually, that's a really good point. So usually the first thing that I always ask when someone's coming to my house is what does your kid like? You know, (laughs) and I think that is something that you should as the host ask because it's, it's important because you have allergies that you have to worry about. So I've had kids that came over my house who have peanut allergies or, you know, uh, can't eat, they're gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Or, so I, as a host, it's my job, I, f- I feel, to find out because you don't want to serve someone who has a peanut allergy, someone with peanuts. Absolutely. You know, or dairy allergy, something with dairy in it. So these are things that you, you should first try your best to say, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, 
this is something this child likes. So I make, uh, I had one of the last pictures that we took after like, it was like about a seven hour photo shoot. And I was, <laughs> I had like 50 people in and out of the house. I was exhausted. I bet. And this boy, which I didn't know because the parents hadn't told me because he usually eats at my house, but I didn't know that he was a picky eater. And he was just mixing the, um, the last thing we did was sloppy joe. And so he was standing over a, a pan with his dad. I stayed out of it. I just told them what to add from, the, from behind right. the scene. And they were adding it and the smell was coming. He's like, oh my gosh, it smells good. And he said, I'm not going to eat it though. I said, don't, absolutely don't. But can you just hold it up to the, your mouth? Like you're going to eat it. And a piece dripped in his mouth. And he went, Ooh, that's really good. And he ended up eating the whole sandwich. His mom starts crying. We're all the camera guy was crying. I was tearing up. I'm like, this is why we do what we do, you know, because he, he smelt it and yeah. he, was, he was making it. And then two weeks later, I get a text like, hi, you know, it's me. Um, can you please give my mom the recipe? Because I love it so much. It's my new favorite. And she couldn't believe it. And now since that point, he's been eating more. So changing spices or changing, you know, different, um, things. Uh, I would, if a parent, there's just no way they're going to eat nothing and people don't try to create. Yeah, You're in a lousy local condition and there's nothing good on the table. So, I mean, in that situation, you could, you could either pack something with you that's prepared, you know, in a container Mm -hmm. and you could have it for them. I just don't, love doing that because I don't want them to become reliant that you're the food sort. Do you know what I mean? Like you kind of want them to be a little bit independent, but if you want to enjoy, it's, it's a family friend or a gathering and you're just not, you you know, you need time to, you need your own mental health moment. Mm -hmm. Then I don't think either feeding prior to arrival is one of the big ones or carrying something that you know that they can eat. Mm -hmm. You say, listen, you know, we're, we're working on it. It's a process. Uh, and people, uh, like I said, because they're so uh, aware of the situation, I don't think they're going to be as critical, you know, as, as, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like rolling their eyes if you bring, you know, something. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even now I have a food allergy and I always have a snack in my bag because I know if I go to an event, I can't necessarily trust the the organizer to have remembered. Um, so, yeah. It's just easier. And that's, that's, it's same thing. Sometimes it's just easier and that's okay. But like when I tell parents when they want to go to a restaurant, Mm -hmm. so because I do look at things from a sensory perspective. Yes. So I tell parents prep your child because if you're going to take that sensory overloaded child into a noisy restaurant with so many sounds, (laughs) taste, smells, touch, and then you're going to be like, Okay, what do you want? So the first thing is I tell them, make sure to do, you know, it could be jumping jacks, wheelbarrow walks, take them to the playground, get their energy out and get them hungry. Second is you're going to want to pre-look at that menu because that'll give them like, oh, look at all these great pictures. Oh, I heard this is really good. You'll start putting it out there that these are the choices. Yeah. And when the kid is hungry and set, they're going to be able to uh, be more willing to try something. So I love how you pregame that. Yeah. Uh, And the same thing when you go to your friend's house, same concept. You want to do some heavy work, sensory based vestibular Mm -hmm. spinning, jumping, running. 
and then like a calming afterwards. So doing a puzzle, coloring book, mm-hmm. you know, to calm them after you get the energy out. And you will see, you do it at least an hour and change prior to your, you know, to going. Those tips alone are gold right there. Even yeah, for like a kid yeah. that's not necessarily a picky eater, just restaurants and different environments are super stimulating and hard to get used to, especially um, a lot of these kids have been home for the last two years, oh right? Months. Like this is it's not true. just a, a mm-hmm. sensory overload for sensory sensitive kids nowadays. Mm-hmm. This is oh, a sensory no, overload that. for like me. I went yeah. to a restaurant and I was like, whoa, yeah. this is noisier yeah. than I remembered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the other thing I say to people. I'm like, people become so acclimated to being home mm-hmm. in their safe environment. And then when they do leave it, it's a big overstimulation. I mean, my kids are still getting used to school. They get overwhelmed with, you know, people and noise and this and that. And like, they sometimes just need a, a downtime, you know, because it's, it's a lot to get readjusted back into uh, everyday living. It absolutely is. So if you have a kid, so say a mom's listened and she's like, okay, we really do have some sort of sensory situation going on with food. And Sarah's book sounds great, but I should maybe look for a local expert. What would a mom look for Uh if she wanted to reach out into her community? Because she's like, oh, I didn't know this was even an option. Yeah, no, I definitely the number one thing is you tell your pediatrician pediatrician has to be made aware of the situation so they could monitor obviously nutrition health Mm -hmm. growth and well-being so you want to let your pediatrician know the next step is to get an occupational therapist who specializes in picky eating now depending on where you live um, sometimes a speech pathologist might be the one in charge of eating and sometimes it's the occupational therapist so because for when i was on the east coast a lot of it was both yes. speech or uh, OT. Here, there's more OT on the West Coast. Okay. Um, yeah, I've definitely so, had speech kids, and I know that those speech therapists have worked with eating issues. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's what's so interesting, because I was on both coasts, you know, different uh-huh. coasts, and it's so different. But absolutely, yeah, you want to get assessed. Because here's the thing, there are things, especially if it's your first child, <laughs> that you may not even be aware. Like, you're doing everything right. Like, you know, they have all these jokes and all this stuff, like first kid versus second yes. kid. But it's true because that first kid, you are crazy, neurotic, nervous. You're you're having birthdays because you're so excited that you made it yep. another year. Exactly. Like, it is the mom <laughs> celebration for the first kid. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we made it here. <laughs> exactly. So that that is what is so important for people to understand that they may not even be aware, like, oh my God, I didn't even notice that. But how could you, or if you, unless you had a second kid to compare it to the first kid, you know, and like, oh, I don't remember. Wow. He's doing that different or that, you know? So, you know, first thing is if you're noticing picky eating, and again, like there's also a difference, which I tell people when your child starts becoming that terrible twos, which I found is more terrible threes. Mm-hmm. Um, in my clinical and professional opinion, it's like a little bit later. It's not so much terrible two anymore. It's that terrible three. They are independent and they're making choices. Exactly. And they're, they're, it's not because they really are a picky eater. It's because they're, they're showing their power. They're trying their, to show autonomy that they have the exactly. power to say no. And we also forget like in, we eat, you know, 
big portions. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get go out, there's like this huge portion. We're not even supposed to eat that much. And we have to remember your child's belly is so little and they don't need that much to fill up you know so if they if they are supposed to have milk or you know or they're nursing or they're whatever it is and they're getting their nutrients through whether it's pureed food or whatever you're you're making sure that but they don't have to eat you know as much as you the quantity isn't as much yeah yeah so so just keep those in mind and I think that, you know, that's part of that issue, too. Like, oh, he didn't eat so Yeah, but he, he ate enough for him. So there's that difference between that, you know, independent struggle, the want to run and, and play mm-hmm. versus picky eating. Picky eating, it's like my kid eats chicken nuggets from McDonald's, French fries, and, you know, maybe one other thing. And that's it. Right. Very specific brands. Very specific. limited. You can and taste we'll the change. difference. Yep. Yeah, that's when you have a, a concern. And when that concern arises, pediatrician, speech, OT. And then, like I said, there are some times where I look at a kid, I'm like, they have weakness, fight motor delays. Um, so that affects their chewing yeah. and their ability to digest food. So they're going to want those softer foods that they don't have to chew as much. So it may not only be texture, it may be because it's easier for them. That their body just needs more Mm -hmm. help growing into those. So interesting. We're so much more complicated than (laughs) we just want to sit down and eat a dinner. (laughs) And then sometimes I remember at different phases of my kids, right, that they like nibble at one meal and I get nervous. But the next meal, they're like, I'm hungry. And they like eat more than I could ever eat myself. Um, so it's that awareness too, that we can put these labels in our heads and maybe we just need to play with some food some more and relax. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I tell parents also like, make sure it's over a weekend or something that's not stressful because during the week, if you're going here, there after school, they have dance or they have soccer or they have, it's very stressful. The last thing you're going to want to do after your long day and that kid's (laughs) long day is make a mess in the kitchen. Okay, set aside Sunday morning breakfast time or Sunday morning brunch or, you know, something you start to look forward to where your kids could research Saturday, like, hey, what are we going to make tomorrow? And what are you guys into? And, you know, ooh, we, we had blueberry pancakes. Do you want strawberry or banana or chocolate? You know, like have fun and, and be creative with it so that it's something you all look forward to and spend that quality of time. You could put music on. You have, uh, uh, you know, the pretty setup and it just visually makes them excited, you know, to, to cook with you and prepare food and then you eat together and it's, it starts to become more often and exciting. And then suddenly your kids are going to be like, I, I want to try to make this. And you're like, go right ahead. You know, that's awesome. Absolutely. So. And I know like when I've gone to like my mom's house and she gets them involved by like folding the napkins and just mm-hmm. tiny tests that are adjacent to the food making. Absolutely. <laughs> too. like, let's make place cards for everybody. Yeah, I say that all the time. I say, let them set the table because also like carrying the plates or carrying stuff, it's heavy, right? Yeah. So again, that's prep work so they could help carry a couple plates, put it out. You know, using, I tell parents, use the tweezers and put ice 
into the um, glass because oh, you're yeah. working on a fine motor. I'm like pouring. Great. That's another heavy, heavy jug of milk, water, doesn't matter. And you're pouring. That's, again, calming because it's lifting. So there's so many things you could do to prep for the actual meal um, that's not directly related to food. That is fantastic. You've given me so many ideas for how to be a better hostess for when kids come over to my house, but also just to think about how to slow down and really just enjoy a family meal. Right. Um, I'm excited to sit down with a couple of my kids that push my patience level with some some sensory things that um that we can sit and like look on Pinterest and pick out some meals together and or pause a TV show. Have you ever seen the yeah. TV show Just Add Magic at all on Amazon? No. Okay, so no. I want to throw this in here because um, we watched it like a couple of years ago. I don't know, 2014, 2016. So it's like years and years ago. But it's on Amazon Prime, and it's great. It's three girls who find a magic cookbook. And so there's Ooh. all sorts of slow cooking montages of these three teen tween girls cooking and trying awesome. new things and um, fancy spices because they're all magic, right? They all, everything That's makes something different. Um, so so if, if you have a kid, right? Like watching those cooking shows together might be another way to, to help out. Oh, my family loves Nailed It yes. because it's... <laughs> so funny it like watching is. people and that's that's the thing and then we're like okay we could try to do that and whether we do it good or not and it's funny and it makes you have again that positive association of like laughing bonding yeah just know? trying it's it not about that. yeah that outcome people put too much pressure because of I think like the Pinterest and the, all the social media, like, look what I created. I made a rabbit out of a carrot and a tomato. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, that's amazing. But like the reality is like, mine looks like a hedgehog that got run over. I don't know, you know? Yeah. And so my school lunch boxes are never going to look that fancy. Yeah. Like, no. So it's okay. Again, like that's that anxiety from a parent that they're not living up to these standards of, you know, very talented and amazing, but let's be realistic. Like that's why I'm on the Instagram. I have play with your food. Yes. Box. I do easy things where it was like peeling. Um, we peeled a pear and I just was like, Oh my God, I play games and to put like a toothpick with grapes. So it's super easy. And you really can't go wrong because you're just sticking them in. Yep. And the kids loved it. They, they absolutely loved it. They had so much fun with it. And it was working on their eye-hand coordination, fine motor skills. And then they ate it. So they got grapes and a, and a pear. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's trying to find things that you can actually do realistically. Yeah. And like simple things that multi-sensory approach. And if you eat it and they don't, that's okay to start with, right? I tell them to do a smell or lick it. That's the beginning. I never tell a kid, you have to eat it. I'm like, just smell it. What does it smell like? Oh, that is it sweet? Do you think, how do you think it tastes like lick it? Do you think it tastes? So I'm going to like, Ooh, that's sour. That's a lemon. Ooh, that is sour. I like that though. Or I don't like that, you know, and then they could start using words to describe it. Um, and, and let you know, you know what, actually, I like that. Oh, okay, great. Let's try something else, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's just a way to get them to play and have fun yeah. um, with it 
while it's educational, mm-hmm. like I said, multi-sensory, fine motor, overall skill building yeah. um, and bonding with your kid. And that sounds way less stressful than sitting down exactly. at the table <laughs> Yeah, and, that's, and worrying that's about point. it all. Yeah. Not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, thank you for coming in and helping figure out how to be less mad (laughs) when meals (laughs) come out because it's a whole thing. And everyone online, you're right, the social media, the highlight reels of like how the food looks and the tablescapes. You don't ever see the the tablescape of the kid who left the table because they wouldn't try or the mom who was like, fine, you could have macaroni and cheese for the fifth night in a row. Absolutely. And that's what and, you know, if it wasn't such a hot topic, there wouldn't be so many people (laughs) writing and trying to get to the, you know, and that's why I say I'm like, this is the main approach I've seen that I came to the conclusion where I said, you know what, I think now. There are kids who have physical issues, like hyper gag reflexes, uh, issues with their tongue, mouth, cleft palate, uh-huh. you know, medical issues. Right. Um, that That is a completely separate. I'm not addressing Correct. those items. I'm talking about this picky eaters who really have those sensory concerns and they're impacting their ability to participate in mealtime because the scent, uh, the smell, the touch, the taste, it's too much for them. And we have to address those concerns to help them through it. Yeah. And that's that's what I did. The book is, it has, it's a recipe book. Yes, that it's fun. Simple, simple we have recipes. made things from the book right? as a family. It's so simple, easy, fun. And then at the same time, it gives you therapeutic intervention, therapeutic tips. Like your child may not like this, try this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and activities to go with it. So it's, it's helpful because it gives parents a plan and a way to, to deal with it. Absolutely. And I found that was really crucial. And it's important to, to not be stressed about it. Uh, Absolutely. Fine. And when you are super stressed, like we said, talk to your pediatrician, get the referrals, reach out for help because there are experts out there. You don't have to be ashamed about asking for that help. Yeah. And the earlier, the better. So if you see, you know, the earlier you realize it, get them help because it's harder to address as that child gets older. So I I switch back. I do early intervention now, birth to three years old. Yeah. Because I was like, these are the crucial years to, to get these kids, you know, feeling confident. You see their confidence skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's you know, what I love. I love seeing a kid who's timid and avoidant and nervous. And it impacts them socially. Mm-hmm. And now they are, you know, keeping up with their peers, if not surpassing them. And mom's sending me pictures of their first days of school. And so, and it makes me so happy, you know, like that's what I want. I want them to be successful and independent. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, every episode I have ends with two questions. So I want to give you time to think about them in case I uh, (laughs) forgot to give you a heads up. The first one is how are, what's a good self-care idea, right? So we know meals can be super stressful. So what's, do you have a simple self-care idea for a mom or something you do to help take care of yourself? 
So I personally have to do exercise in the morning because it sets my mood. So whether I w- I'm walking the dog, going for a run, you know, treadmill or walk outside, because I need that time yes. for me to set my day. So I, you know, there are parents who do it after work. Mm-hmm. I'm always impressed by them because I'm so tired at the end of the day, <laughs> less motivated find if I do it in the morning, that I'm more likely to be successful. And then it sets my mood for the day. I so love that. That's definitely. Yeah. It yeah that's, it, I think exercise early in the day totally changes. My kids will tell me that I'm grumpy and ask yep. if I've exercised or not. See? And so that, that I definitely do because it really does. It just puts you in that right mood. So how about a family fun idea? Maybe it's a simple recipe that you could tell us to try or how are you having fun as a family? I actually love when my kids look online and try to, or if we watch something, you know, we watched Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah. And then my daughter wanted me to make dumplings. Ooh. And so then we researched different what the bamboo, you know, and like, we just had so much fun and then we reached it and ate while the scene came on, rolled it out. And, That's you know, fantastic. So doing things like that, if you're inspired by, you know, a kid's show or, or a movie or something that inspires you guys and make it together, you know, and, and it really is fun because then you get to feel like you're, you're, you know, really involved in it. Themes a lot here. So we do it for uh, Harry Potter. We make a whole Harry Potter based dinner. And then I'll do, um, what's the other one? We love Schitt's Creek. So like oh, we, yeah. Yeah, we make Schitt's Creek themed foods. So as a parent, like there might be a film movie or something that you could inspire them. Like, oh, we should try that. And I also love science. Science is so like for me, my kids are like love learning and love. So you know, cooking with science, Ooh. they have like a lot of interesting things like, oh, if you do this with the egg when you cook it versus, you know, things like that. So depending, because I'll, I'll work, like I said, mostly with ages zero to three, yeah. and then I'll treat three to five. But the older kids, I try to come up with real like, okay, let's write out the recipe and then let's compare it and let's see what we could have done. You know, so there's a whole yeah. different way to address it with older kids versus younger kids. But yeah, I'm I'm very big on theme dinners and having fun with it. And you know, it's it's my kids love it. They they get it very excited. Yeah, well, I think that that sounds really fun because motherhood is way too serious to be serious all the time. And exactly. and we really need to just enjoy it more and take the stress off. So, Sarah, where can everyone find you besides finding your book, Play With, play with Your Food, um, yeah, on, Amazon. on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. So is that your Instagram handle too, Sarah? Uh, yeah, play with your food book as on the Instagram and playwithyourbook.com is the um, website. And I have like blogs, uh, resources, newspaper articles I was, you know, in. Um, so there's a lot of things that I write about based on questions parents ask me. Fantastic. And so we turned it into blogs and uh, videos. Um, so the Instagram that there's Pinterest, you know, all of those things. Um, 
but the website's a great, great resource. Great. <laughs> you know, it, you know, there's some mom that is crying over dinner times and she just needs to find you and your fun ideas. So thank you for oh, being here. You. I'm glad thank that you're you being brave and showing up and doing the work because I know that uh, <laughs> writing a book and working on all these things takes a lot of time. So thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Never, ever forget that you are exactly the right mom for your kids. And even if they're driving you mad with food, you can find help and have fun. I am so thankful you're here. Please text this to two friends that have picky eaters. We need to help each other. And I hope you have a really amazing week. Bye, everyone.